Welcome to Unlocking Brand, a part of our Siegel & Gale Says podcast series. Here, our global brand experts host live case studies, deliver actionable insights, and answer key questions on the topics that matter to brand marketers today. In this episode, we explore our work for Quidel Ortho. Backed by over 80 years of experience and innovation, Quidel Ortho is one of the world's largest healthcare diagnostics providers of lab and in-home testing solutions. Janine Mason, Senior Director, Corporate Marketing and Brand at Quidel Ortho, joins our Global Chief Marketing Officer, Margaret Malloy, Strategy Director, Carolyn Griffin, and Creative Director, Bryce McGowan, to discuss how to create a connected brand experience after a merger. This is Siegel and Gale Says. Welcome to the Siegel and Gale Future of Branding Unlocking Brand Series. I'm Margaret Malloy, Global Chief Marketing Officer of Siegel and Gale and your host for today's episode. Siegel and Gale is a preeminent brand strategy, design and experience firm. Today, our topic is fusing the DNA of two brands. When Quidel Corporation and Ortho Clinical Diagnostics joined forces, Siegel and Gale was invited to unite and advance Quidel Ortho with a comprehensive new identity. Now, Quidel Ortho is one of the world's largest healthcare diagnostic providers of lab and in-home solutions. Backed by over 80 years of experience, 7,000 employees, and a growing portfolio of products and partners worldwide. Today, we are going behind the scenes to discover how to define a brand after a merger, how to design a flexible visual system to create a connected experience across visuals, packaging, environments, sound, and more, and the all-important how to unite stakeholders. And today, because of the grace of this wonderful team, we have a bonus for you. We are going to show three creative directions that we considered and take you back into that decision room. So, delighted to welcome everyone. With me is the team that led this work. A very, very good morning, Janine Mason, Senior Director, Corporate Marketing and Brand, Quidel Ortho. Hello, Janine. Morning. How are you? So great to be here. Thank you, Janine. And my two colleagues. First up, Bryce McGowan, Creative Director. Hello, Bryce. Happy to be here. And Carolyn Griffin, our Strategy Director. Thanks, Margaret. Great to be here. Wonderful. So let's begin the conversation proper. Janine, I'd love to invite you to set the stage. Take us back to understand what were the business drivers for the union of Quidel Corporation and Ortho Clinical Diagnostics. 
Uh, well, prior to our integration, uh, both companies, Quidel and Orthoclinical Diagnostics, were leaders in their respective spaces in the medical diagnostic industry. Quidel had a large footprint in North America as a point of care provider, primarily in like urgent care settings, doctors, physicians' offices, where Ortho had a real global presence in the more higher reference lab hospital setting. So the combinations of the two companies gives us uh, as Quidel Ortho, this uh, tremendous global footprint, but also covers all of the, what we call the healthcare continuum from at-home uh, diagnostic products to all the way to the high-end reference labs and gives us a really strong foundation across all of those touch points. So Janine, you mentioned the global footprint. If we think in terms of brand, what were the unique strengths of each of the entities before the combination in terms of brand? Well, Quidel, we kind of were this more smaller boutique medical diagnostic company. We were very unique in our brand uh, prior to our integration. And, uh, but we were also known by our product names. So we have a lot of very strong product names in the industry. Sophia, Savannah, Solana, um, where Ortho came with many decades of experience under the Johnson & Johnson label. Vitros was the strength of their brand. These very strong analyzers in the hospital and reference lab setting. And so uh, both came with years of confidence from their customers. And so uniting these two brands was important to maintain that uh, brand recognition that both carried into uh, this merger. Certainly non-trivial, particularly given the context in the medical and healthcare world where brands and names are highly regulated. Would you comment on that just briefly so our audience, particularly those who are not from the sector, appreciate that challenge? Oh, it's a tremendous challenge because, um, as you know, we're very regulated. We have a lot of trademarks. We have a lot of registrations of our products all around the globe. So creating any brand change can be very disruptive. So working through how we can bring all these, these different products together. Some were developed internally by these companies. Some were acquired over years of acquisitions. So we do what we call the yard sale of products and all kinds of different devices and names. And so how could we quickly unify them? without being too disruptive to our regulatory and legal arms in regards to trademarks and registration. That was our biggest challenge. Wow, big challenge. So, Carolyn, from a strategy perspective, you clearly needed to define a clear and compelling idea that connected these brands. Talk to us about how you went about that with the team. We had to start thinking ahead, right? Assessing where we are today as an organization and what our ultimate goal is. How do we tell that story of a combined diagnostics leader and make sure that we're not just bringing together two companies, but we're making sure that each of the different parts adds up to a greater whole. So we needed to understand the organization itself had to think about and immerse in all the different and unique audiences that they serve from consumers to professionals, from laboratorians to clinicians to different all the different types of healthcare providers that touch quite a ortho products. We had to understand the landscape, where we fit in and where we can really flex and punch out. Um, and ultimately just get a sense of really where where there's opportunity to tell a bigger story, to express that greater human impact of quite a ortho. Now, Janine touched on the strengths of the two respective brands. How did you factor that in as you thought about an expression of one brand? 
Sure. Um, so I think that we had to, to look at what's common to them both, right? I think that they, on the surface, they, they, they looked like very different organizations. You know, you had one organization that was quite regimented, quite structured, quite actually that came through in their brand as well in the stories that they told in the way that they showed up. Uh, and then another, which was similarly very accurate, very, very much emphasized quality. But then they they showed it in a very different way. It was very joyful. It was very bright. It was very optimistic. Uh, so we had to think about what are the commonalities of both brands? What's really strong and unique that they both have in common? And I think that one thing that we wrote and that we said that continues to be true that we can continue to go back to is just precision and passion. That really summed up the two distinct businesses, but also the two distinct cultures, both that accuracy, that distinction and excellence, and then that that kind of grit, determination and, and sort of optimism to to make a difference in diagnostics and make a difference in healthcare. Now, Carolyn, as we know, Simplicity is very important to all of us at Siegel and Gale and the lens to which we bring to, to much of our work. Janine laid a context that was very complex. How did simplicity come into play as you went about creating this big idea? Every time that we met, every time that we connected, you know, we had to be very clear about what the goal was. We had to be very clear about who were the decision makers and what we're trying to accomplish because, you know, with a merger moment, you have to move quickly. It's a moment where people expect change, but you need to help create that structure so that people don't do it for you. So we had to start by just kind of figuring out what the outcomes were of each meeting. And that was sort of by having a, a very clear process, we were able to create simplicity in the output. Janine, would you react to that? Because that's not always easy, simplicity. No, and, and that's one of the reasons why we partnered with Siegel and Gale, because I know that's what you pride on and, and you're the way you build brands. And so because we are so complex in, in our products and what they do, and, and we wanted to at least simplify the branding and bring that. So we created a very simple structure, also being a global entity. We needed to have people all around the world be able to activate this brand and, and create a simple process for it. And so I think that's what we've succeeded in. And we've already seen that success and how quickly our regions from Asia to, to Europe to South America have all been able to quickly adapt to their regions because of that simplicity. So that was very important. Well, I look forward to going deeper on that. Let's put a pin in this activation component because that feels very important. So Bryce, now we have this idea, passion and precision. Talk to us about how you crafted the new identity to express the DNA of both brands. Sure, I'll explain both uh, with words and with with visuals, um, and I'll share. Hopefully, you're seeing my screen. We are, Bryce. So this is what um, both brands looked like um, before they united. So Quidel has this iconic rainbow cue. <laughs> it's a very joyful brand. 
Ortho has this kind of legacy Johnson and Johnson uh, red color that's a very kind of strong singular kind of vision. And you have these two different personalities, Quidel bringing bringing joy to the medical diagnostic space, which is really distinctive and special. And, you know, we knew that part of the brief was to carry that through. And then ortho kind of represents that, that idea of precision. And so, you know, as Carolyn was saying, we, we carry those two themes through to, to the new brand as well. I can show you, uh, what we came up with. In fact, <laughs> we normally don't showcase all of the, the designs that, you know, are left on the cutting room floor. But in this case, we'll pull back the curtain. We created three design directions to present. And uh, the first one looked like this, and it really leans into that vibrant multicolor, uh, multicolor cue, bringing that joy and that vibrancy. Um, and so, you know, creating this really unique, super vibrant uh, brand world and and especially leaning into the, the unique color here in this direction, we kind of brought in a more sophisticated color palette of jewel tones. And the logo here is this really active device that can almost uh, wrap around and hug you. <laughs> it can, it can present information. It can interact. Um, and that kind of, uh, idea is even expressed all the way down through the iconography. And we're really kind of playing with the idea of, of negative space and how diagnostics can reveal information that can literally save your life. Um, so th that was kind of, uh, an interesting core idea in this direction. And Bryce, just for our listeners who will be participating on the podcast, I'm seeing a sort of a magenta here on the panels, how it's represented through this device that would frame a lot of the content. Anything else you would comment on from the listener's perspective, or did I capture it? Well, um, certainly we're leaning into the magenta color and you can tell, you know, from the two designs that I've shown so far that color has, has, we knew that color would be really important because of that part of the brief to carry that joyful DNA through to the final product. Lastly, this is our third direction, which was ultimately chosen and refined. And so for the, for the podcast listeners, um, this direction also leans into color in a really unique way. We're leading with a, with a violet color here. And we have a really unusual color palette that is unique and sophisticated, leading with violet and kind of supporting with these really uh, unique and beautiful colors, a system of patterns and photography. And we're kind of through all of these design directions, you know, taking key touch points, for example, sports sponsorships. We knew um, that sports sponsorships are really important for uh, Quidel Ortho. And so we had to kind of demonstrate how does the brand show up all the way from a tiny phone screen to a huge uh, stadium uh, advertisement. So this was the winner, Bryce? <laughs> Yes, that's right. This was the winner. And as you'll see in the following slides, it then evolved and not just through our own, you know, through our own design team, but very much in collaboration with Janine and the team at Quidel Ortho as well. 
So what I'm seeing here is, if you will, a stylized version of the Q and the O, sort of a geometric construction using, if I'm interpreting it correctly, Bryce, rounded squares that feel to me both mathematical and organic, back to your precision and passion construct. So that's what we have. Janine, what was the reaction? You were in the room. You saw the three directions um, in keeping with your brief. Tell us emotionally where you landed seeing all three. Oh, the great thing was they listened and they heard us, uh, which was amazing. And I know going into it, uh, because there was such affinity with the former brands and trying to change people's minds and perceptions about where we were headed, I knew there was part of me that still wanted to see some of that rainbow spectrum from the Quidel branding come to life somehow. And so they did fulfill that in the first option that you saw. And immediately when I saw it, I realized, no, you know what, that is not going to work anymore. And, and I have to say our CEO, Doug Bryant, really had a vision, too, of what he wanted. He wanted to see something different. He knew that this was going to be a new company and he wanted a departure and, and to have something new. So once I saw that, I knew I could put that to rest. The second concept you saw that was primarily magenta was beautiful, but we had acquired another company about seven years ago that led heavily with that color and that brand. And so we knew that, you know, that might not be the direction we want to um, continue going with. But uh, this last concept here, and I have to say we did a full audit of our competitors in the space and their color palettes, really great mood boards so we could see what everyone else had. And we knew we wanted to be different. So this really set us apart, but was still sophisticated. Still, like we said, had that precision and passion with the organic shapes. And I have to say, we did want to kind of see some some hint of our old brand and the shape itself. The rounded square is actually the old Quidel Q shape. So it still lives on, um, very subtle, but it is there. So he still kind of captured it in a way, but it is totally brand new. And Janine, was it unanimous or how did you achieve consensus across the selection of the three options? I I think it was pretty unanimous. We did not have any tough time convincing, you know, people of this direction. I think it was more of a get it convincing everybody of an entirely brand change. So that was the next challenge was introducing anything new uh, to both organizations was still a process uh, to get buy-in and acceptance in which we can talk about later, but was a great start to, to moving forward. So Bryce, double click on this. Show us a little more of how the identity comes to life. As I was saying, it was sort of a a really great collaborative process. What I'm showing here is a very detailed adjustment, you know, adjusting the placement of the tail of the queue in our custom word mark. And I, I wanted to highlight this because this was actually a suggestion that came from the client side. And once we had made this final tweak, it felt like uh, our our logo had clicked into place and we all knew that we had arrived at the, the final design, which you're seeing here. Margaret, you mentioned the symbol is an abstract Q and an O, um, and that was very intentional. And we know that Quidel Ortho is a, is a global player. It's not only letter forms, Q and O, but it's also this very unique abstract symbol that can sort of transcend language and be very recognizable regardless of whether you are reading it or, you know, recognizing it. 
And we created a custom word mark for Quidel Ortho that kind of echoes that same DNA. This is a custom font, Bryce, we're seeing? It's all custom, yes. It, it is custom and we, you know, we, we really got in there and refined the details knowing that, again, this has to work on the tiniest mobile screen and on uh, everything up to signage on, on the side of the building. Yeah, everything was tweaked. Every letter spacing was tweaked, the curves and the D. You remember, we, we tweaked all of that uh, to make sure that, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, when it shrinks down on a mobile app, you still don't lose that letter spacing. But then when it's large on a channel cut sign in a stadium, it's still legible, too. That was really important. Even the, the width, the line weights was tweaked many times to get to this final execution. So talk to us about the color palette, Bryce. I'll walk you through some of the different elements. The color palette is, you know, we talked about it a little bit. We're leading with this violet color, which uh, is completely unique within the, the industry and, you know, among the competitive set. You know, I, I think, Janine, we worked together to come up with uh, the names for these colors. You know, every detail was so considered. I, I love this color palette because it's both vibrant and also kind of restrained and sophisticated at the same time. And it's got this very unique combination of, of kind of bright, almost RGB colors paired with more kind of sophisticated, darker tones that feel a little more elevated. And when you put those together, the result is, is something really unique. Call out the names here of the colors for the benefit of the listeners. Well, we lead with violet, which is a purple color. Then we have chartreuse, we have ore, indigo, and slate. I'm particularly partial to the chartreuse, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Ore, less familiar to us. What? How would you characterize ore? <laughs> um, I think some of the alternate names were moss. Yeah, it's it's sort of a a deep green color that feels almost feels almost organic Beautiful. Um, and that really sets off those bright vibrant rgb colors that we lead with so how did it evolve we now have the mark and we have the palette well next we started putting together all of the different elements um, including typography of course and this is kind of a snapshot showing what our typography feels like in action we created a, a customized variable font for Quidel Ortho, and the reason for that is it, it sort of unlocked a few opportunities for us. You can create an entire typographic system from just one font. So that means you have a lot of flexibility without a lot of heaviness, especially for digital applications you know, faster load times and, you know, entirely customizable. So we were able to dial in every detail and create a hierarchy that is specific to Quidel Ortho. And lastly, I wanted to point out in the top left, our headline style has this really distinctive extended quality. And that's another piece of the DNA that we wanted to carry through that we saw in the legacy Quidel and Ortho brands. That idea of this very wide extended typography that is very unique and recognizable took that idea and uh, sort of translated it into, um, you know, a contemporary execution. Bryce, how many different styles did you render on the um, customizable font? It seems like quite a number here. <laughs> um, 16 styles. 
16 styles and you know we were able to kind of bake those in to the final design so that you know you have both complete flexibility but also usability at the same time and i i just want to add to that the importance of this that you don't even see here yes it works on a website or a digital ad or a social media post, but it also works on our unit cartons and our user instruction pamphlets where we have to have a lot of heavy copy and legal copy. And so we have so many different options to address every use case for our font, whether it's technical documentation or marketing collateral materials. It seems like such an important point, Janine, given the context you set at the beginning. So Bryce, a lot of brands talk about flexibility. Were you tested? <laughs> we were tested. In fact, uh, I believe at one point we had designed an entire product brand for one of our most important products, the Vitros. And we hit a roadblock <laughs> and realized that what we had done uh, was not going to work. In fact, it was too close to a competitor. And, you know, we sort of discovered this and we had to think quickly and um, be really agile. Um, but thankfully, the system that we had designed allowed, uh, you know, a multitude of options and we were able to reverse course and find a different solution, uh, rebrand that particular product in a way that satisfied you know, not only Janine and her team, the product team, the, the product leads, and also, of course, you know, uh, our, our, our own team at Siegel and Gale as well. So Bryce, photography is very important in healthcare. How did you think through that component? We created uh, a really unique set of photography styles. So one thing we noticed when we were doing our initial research through the competitive set is that Imagery, especially photography and footage, was a huge area of opportunity. What we saw were kind of the same types of stock images being used across the board. And so we knew we wanted to lean into something unique. So what we did um, and what you're seeing here is a combination of photography styles. They're bright, they're clean, and they convey this idea of a, of a precise and trustworthy medical diagnostics company, but they're also very human. We feature people front and center. We wanted this to feel very human. A combination of close-ups, you know, you can see there's a close-up macro shot of someone's eye. We're, we're leaning into the precise details of those beautiful, crisp close-up shots of portraits and also just the, the kind of beauty of the lab environment as well. Bryce, I know this is a dynamic logo. Talk to us about that. I think you had a slide or two that animates. So what you're seeing here is not only our logo animation on the right side, which, you know, we've carefully kind of calibrated to convey that idea of precision and passion, you know, everything, the way that we move feels organic, but also precise. But you also heard our sonic logo as well. And that's part of, you know, creating an experiential brand. One thing I love about Quite El Ortho is that it's so multifaceted. We're creating an experience and the sonic branding really conveys these key ideas 
while also kind of functioning as a mnemonic. So Quidel Ortho can be, you know, a challenging name for someone who's not familiar, who may not have heard the name before. So when you hear Quidel Ortho, you know, you have that kind of built-in aid for recognition, and we really loved that. So we opened the Sonic logo with these sounds that feel warm, but also technical. And then we have this kind of mnemonic device as well that's built in. Bryce, when we spoke previously, you referenced the idea of radial patterns. Talk to us about that as well, and if you have anything to show. Sure, I'll back up. So these are our patterns. We created a suite of beautiful, unique patterns for Quetel Ortho that obviously for the listeners, they are almost like uh, digital blooms in the way that they animate. Um, they've been compared to QR codes. <laughs> they've been compared to blossoms of a flower. They are these, these really unique patterns that we can animate in this um, kind of beautiful uh, way that, that conveys the idea of growth. And this is such a, I love this piece of the brand. It's so unique and I just find it really beautiful. So we've leaned into that and created an entire set of these patterns that can be used in different ways. What I love about this is it seems to be always moving forward, never moving back. As a viewer, that's what I'm experiencing, Bryce. Exactly. That's very well put. I'll skip ahead and show you some examples of how the brand moves. Any modern brand needs to incorporate motion and so what you're seeing here are some examples of what that looks and feels like for Quetel Ortho. As you said, Margaret, we are always growing. We wanted to convey the idea of growing and expanding and thriving. Ultimately, the idea of health and care. So anything moves in the brand, patterns, typography animations, um, even just graphic shapes. We never, we never shrink down and we never move backwards. We're always going forward and we're always growing and expanding. Anything else you'd like to show? Just this final piece that kind of gives you a flavor of, of what the brand looks and feels like when you put those very unique ingredients together and you start to kind of put them into action and build communications. This is kind of the, the, the resulting look and feel and one thing that I I love about working on this this project and and this brand is that it's been a really incredible journey to be able to express this new brand and not just in uh, a presentation uh, that that looks great for our discussion or looks great on screen, but also in the real world, all kinds of communications, internal and external digital experiences, website, app. We've branded an 18-wheeler together. We've created a huge scale building signage. It's a really multifaceted brand. So Carolyn, maybe you would comment here on what were the considerations for the architecture to scale this system, particularly given Janine's commentary about the breadth of products and the possibilities of more in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, we had we had a really interesting challenge here. I mean, one, I think that the 
the product pipeline could extend in a lot of different ways. So we really needed to think towards the future. We also just needed to step back and think about our overall goals, right? We knew we needed to drive equity into quite a ortho as an enterprise as a whole. We knew that we needed to be global and show up in a global connected way. The two product sets from the legacy companies were very distinct from one another. We needed to be realistic about the current state of the portfolio and think about what were mindful ways that we could work towards a kind of a more consolidated, more connected future vision, always advancing this long-term view, but also being able to create solutions that would really help bring us there along the way. And we're seeing here on the screen five distinct representations that reflect the palette and the patterns that Bryce referenced. How would you characterize these five? Are they categories of product or consumer? Great question. So these we 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 describe these as areas of focus and these these were reflective of the underlying technologies based on the the products that we were we were addressing. I'll jump in and just mention as well that you know of course as we're thinking through this architecture, you know, as as Carolyn mentioned, we had this uh, two disparate product portfolios. And so we had to think about, you know, knowing that not all of these products would be able to be rebranded right away. Right? That's just not realistic. And so we knew through conversations with Janine and her team that this is going to be a, an evolution over time. And the system that we were building for the products had to be able to support products in their current form, in their legacy form. And then other products were going to be rebranded, you know, all on a different timeline. And so what we're showing here is sort of how we started to think about the five areas of focus that Carolyn mentioned, build a system for each one of those, you know, specific color rules, specific pattern rules. And here, how do we treat product photography? How can we take those products and start to treat them in a way that feels unique, that feels distinctively quite all ortho, and that also, um, you know, allows them to be what they are, whether they have been physically rebranded or not, the actual device itself. And so, you know, lastly, I'll just leave this on screen. And this is sort of the um, the end result of that product branding exercise. Just to add in here, I mean, I think that you asked about flexibility earlier, Margaret. I think we had to be very flexible and very creative for how we approach this, you know, thinking about these products showing up from home to hospital, lab to clinic, and being such different forms, such different ways that they show up, all these different extensions to the, the related services that are connected to these products. Uh, we needed to design a system that was that created that right amount of structure without being too rigid, uh, because it just wouldn't work if it was too, too rigid. So, um, even this, this pattern approach was really creative, a very creative solution to create that consistency, uh, without creating that rigidity. Janine, will you react to that, please? In the context of the slide, we're seeing a variety of products bearing the new branding. 
Talk to us about the architecture and what specifically are folks seeing for those who are on the podcast? Well, here you can see examples of our different devices. The challenge, like I said earlier, was we did not have the opportunity to rename or rebrand these devices. And so the only one that we did rebrand was the Vitros Analyzer, but the rest were going to stay the same for quite some time. And so fortunately, we had a couple products, Solana and Savannah, who already incorporated Violet into their branding on the device. So that was easy, but the names themselves, we couldn't change. So what could we do to unify them? So we created a sentence case structure, also keeping that font, that new font actually is very similar to the font we used for the Quidel products. So there wasn't a lot of shift there. It was a difference for those ortho products, but at least it made them all look like they belong to the same family by the font structure. And then that pattern, the colors are amazing because we really have about 10 colors in our palette. You saw the ones that Bryce showed earlier, but we also have lighter versions of those. So each product line is assigned two colors. And so even the ortho vision, ortho optics that you see there, those products still had to maintain red. So we were not able to change the red on the device, but because we had the ore and the light slate and gray, those were very complementary to the red that was going to probably stay for some time. So that's the beauty of this system, the simplicity of it still worked across so many layers, even Sophia, we've got the cyan blue. And so what could we do? Because we knew we couldn't change that for some time. We had a color palette that was complementary to what existed and we'll live there. Even if we go change that device later, we know we can at least work with the indigo and the white uh, as we decide where to move forward with that. But it's just such a simple system and we have more to grow. That's the beauty of this. So this two color, there's there's so many other options still on the shelf. So as we develop new products and we have them in the pipeline, we have options to choose from and that and for some time to come. So we're not limited. We, we have many more so we can continue to grow as a company. We're getting lots of questions in the Q&A. So one of the questions for you, Bryce, is, as a customized variable typeface for a global brand like Quidel Ortho, did you have to overcome any challenges with character sets or Asian letter forms, for example? Yes, there were lots of challenges. And I think that that's always going to be the case with new technology. And, you know, variable type typography is, is still quite new. And it's pretty ambitious for such a, you know, an established, <laughs> an established company to take that on. Uh, we, you know, it gets really technical just building out that typeface, um, customizing it, creating the, the specific family. Just doing that was sort of very challenging in itself. And then the international aspect, which was sort of part of the, the question. Yes, absolutely. For a global company like Quetel Ortho, you know, we had to first select a typeface that had good um, global language support table stakes. And then no typeface is going to cover every global language. It's just a reality. So then we also had to consider the Japanese team had some ideas about ideas and questions about what should they be using. Did a lot of investigation on, you know, key languages that are really important for Quidel Ortho. Thank you, Bryce. And some follow-up questions regarding the Sonic component, the degree to which you tested that and how we partnered in creating that. Carolyn, would you like to jump in there? Well, the Sonic work was really led by Bryce, but we did have to think, I mean, 
always with this work, it is about being global. It is about telling a connected, bigger story. You know, you want a sound that is befitting of a diagnostics leader. So we wanted to make sure that we are able to create something and communicate something simple, uh, but really creates the feeling of a brand, right? Brand is something that you feel. And we've been lucky to work with Janine to create this entire brand experience so that it is all connected and it does all tell one story and that story of precision and passion. Can I add to that? I know it's sound is so subtle and I don't think so many people even realize that many brands are associated with a sound. And when we did our, our background research, we found so many of a lot of the companies in our industry do have sound elements, sonic branding. You don't even realize it. And so that was important for us because so much of our branding and marketing efforts are digital or video. And so being able to add that to it in a subtle way, just one more way to identify our brand and has definitely been a fun element too. It's It's been exciting to present that to our, our employees. They love it. And then the process was very fun. We worked with a, a actual sonic branding agency through Siegel and Gale and did, you know, send it out to many, many people. We went through many rounds of ideas and sent those out to get feedback from many people within the company. And I think we all came to a conclusion together. So it wasn't done in a vacuum, lots of inputs to decide on the direction we wanted to go. And I have to jump in with just one more thing, which is that I think that, you know, we, we heard the sound a little earlier, but it does reflect that joy that we wanted to tell a story about and show, you know, you see that visually with the digital blooms, uh, you feel it in some of the language that we use, uh, but just that sound, you know, it does have that optimism and that happiness that the brand just just really carries through. Bryce, what would you like to emphasize? I know you work diligently on this. Yeah, well, I did want to give a shout out to our um, our partners at Ant Food that Janine mentioned. Ant Food is a sonic agency that we partnered with to create the the Sonic logo. And we also worked with them to create a sizzle video for the brand. You know, I would say that even from the beginning, the three directions that I showed, each direction that we came up with right from the beginning, we created a sort of teaser video for each one. And the Sonic component, I would say, was really important for those to kind of convey emotion. You know, sound really is powerful in conveying that kind of emotion and just amplifying the impact of, you know, of what a brand can do. And so I was really impressed with with Ant Food and we all loved the work that that they created and the outcome is now we can we can take that and we can use it for television spots, <laughs> for example, um, and all kinds of, you know, uh, digital communications as well. So very exciting. So many more questions coming in here. I'll go to you first, Janine. So we had the big idea, passion and precision, timelines from the moment the uh, combination was announced to the activation and launch of the brand. A lot of curiosity in the Q&A around how long the project took. I would say we moved very quickly. I think we all um, began work together in maybe April of 2022, around then. And we quickly had to actually create another brand. So before you even see the brand there, we had an interim brand as we finalized the integration of the two companies. So we actually had a secondary brand that we quickly put together, built a website, created uh, tools for our teams to use as we transitioned. And then we launched this brand in December 
of 2022. That's when we literally hit the go button, launched our website, our social media platforms, distributed assets to all our employees. Uh, so it was very orchestrated launch at that point, had ads running and trade publications. And then that was um, our initial kind of soft launch then. And then we've continued to grow throughout this year. So I, I would say it happened very quickly. I had to make decisions quickly and we still have a ways to go. There's a lot more work to be done to actually implement the brand to our product lines, to our packaging, labeling. We're going through a major website rebuild right now where we're applying the the design to that. And we're working very closely with the Siegel and Gale team. So there's still a lot of touch points to go. This will take years to implement entirely as you rebrand marketing collateral. But I think the the bulk of the work was really done in probably six to eight months. And tell us about the stakeholder reactions. Yeah, it was interesting because when we first started down the avenue of rebranding, I got so many emails from people, please don't let go of the spectrum, the rainbow queue. We don't want to lose it. And so I have to say, honestly, I was a little terrified to hit the go button and waited patiently for my inbox to fill up. But I have to say, you know, no, we got incredibly positive reaction. And we also did, um, we rolled it out. I, I actually presented at our national sales meeting earlier this year where we had about uh, six, 700 people in attendance. And the team here at Siegel and Gale worked with me to do a presentation live to really introduce and help them understand how the brand evolved. And I think once they understood the background and how it came to be, they embraced it even more. But for us as a company integrating two cultures at the point we launched, they were very hungry for a unified identity. So by the time we did launch, people were really embracing this this new look. Plus, we created a lot of really fun tools for the um, employees to engage with Zoom backgrounds. We gave them all the things they needed to update their LinkedIn profiles. So just giving them those elements, I think, helped to expedite the adoption of the new brand. Now, it's very clear that this brand had to work very hard for you all, from Zoom backgrounds to sports arenas and packaging. Bryce, some questions coming in around, from a designer standpoint, once the project is done and the guidelines are there and implemented, how do you ensure that governance? How do you handle that to make sure the identity is as intended? That is a great question, and it is always a challenge, right? You can design something incredible, and if it's really difficult to use, then it's never going to see the light of day in the way that was intended. So I think that, you know, my first response would be to, to keep that in mind when creating the system. You know, we had to kind of, we knew we had to create something that people could use, Another thing that we were able to do along the way, create special tools that made it easier for people to implement the brand. For example, typography can be really challenging for folks who are not necessarily, you know, they don't have a design background. So we created a special tool that allows folks on the Quidel Ortho side to, you know, basically kind of pick up the correct type style and apply it. We've created a number of special special tools like that, templates to be able to create product logos in the future for products that don't exist yet. 
So tools like that can be really, really helpful to help ensure that the brand is executed to the level that, you know, we all want it to be. The key thing is education and training. And so we've worked together to create some really good training tools. We're still working on implementing some of those still. But I think as I found people around the globe implementing the brand, if people were struggling with it, uh, it was important to not be too heavy handed and say, no, 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 do it this way, but to help them understand and guide them. And nothing gives me more joy than to see someone implement the brand well without my guidance. I know I've succeeded when that happened. So I just want to help them along. And I've seen that happen with numerous people where the first time they tried, it didn't go so well. But as we work with them, I'm now seeing them, you know, submit materials where it's spot on. And once they get it, they they really embrace it. Uh, but for the most part, I have to say it has not been difficult. Most of the materials I see have been done very, very well. It's very rare that I see anything that hasn't been executed on brand. So Janine, you talked about training. As we wrap up the conversation, tell us the lessons learned as you reflect back on the program that could be applied generally to other listeners from healthcare or indeed other industries today. You know, I, I got very good advice from Doug Bryan, our CEO, when we started this. And he called me and he said, okay, Janine, I need you to do a new brand. And he just kind of said, do it. And I have to give him credit for trusting me to take this on. But I also went to him and I said, who should I have in the room as we go through this process? And he said to me, he goes, I want you to have the most creative marketing minds in the room to help make this decision. It, it wasn't necessarily the highest leader's you know, in the hierarchy, it wasn't necessarily all the SVPs or whoever, but it was the marketing minds and whether that was somebody who was just a manager level, but bring them to the table to help make these decisions quickly. So I, I give him credit for empowering me to do that. But I think honestly, this was the first time I'd done such a major rebrand. I actually come from a design background. I was a graphic designer by trade. I've worked in agencies. So I've built lower level brands, nothing to the scale. And I have to say, I'm actually glad I didn't know too much because it didn't, I didn't have a paradigm that I tried to stay within. I just did what I thought I needed to do to get it done quickly. Hopefully next time, maybe I, I won't be too confined by what I already know, but I think the blessing was I didn't know too much. And so I just made quick decisions and I think also communication is really key uh, and communicating with all the different informing people of the process and keeping them informed. You don't necessarily need them to give you decisions, but just keep them informed along the way is important. How will you define success of this, Janine? Gosh, you know, success for me, it's really small. It's just like literally opening up my LinkedIn like today, I was scrolling through and seeing all our employees embracing the brand and their backgrounds. We went to a big industry trade show a couple weeks ago, and it was really our unveiling of our new brand to the industry. And I could sit back and watch people walk through our booth and take videos. They were holding their phones to their side and videoing and taking pictures from the side. And I, it was really fun to see other people in our industry taking note and really being kind of overwhelmed by it. It was really powerful to see that. So for me, that was success on a personal level. For a company, I think we're still defining that. I think success has been just the embracing of our employees of the new brand has been tremendous. That for me is is success. And uh, we're continuing to see success in like our launch of the new Vitros rebranded design and the people just loving it and lining up and wanting to 
uh, implement this new really cool looking device in their lab. To me, that's also success as well. So Bryce, very swiftly, if you could, lessons learned or advice to other brands? I would say that to me, the key to creating this project was the relationship that we were able to build with Janine and the, the Quite El Ortho team who have been wonderful. And, you know, I've truly enjoyed the entire process. And I think that, I think that's important. Trust, trusting the process. This entire, uh, this entire project, it's felt like we are one team. It's not Siegel and Gale, you know, negotiating with the client to arrive at an outcome. It's us together pushing forward, making decisions together and arriving at a really, I'm, I would say <laughs> arriving at, you know, a, a really wonderful outcome. And I think it's that relationship that's allowed us to do that. Carolyn, anything different in terms of advice or lessons? I completely agree with all of this. I mean, I would say that for, for us, part of it too was just being, being unafraid to collaborate, right? To be able to find ways to create quick wins, uh, but also work towards longer term goals. Because, you know, as, as we said with, with this, it's a, it's a marathon creating a new brand. And so, uh, just being able to be, be okay being uncomfortable sometimes, sharing work early, communicating quickly, and really working to figure out, you know, what are our priorities right now? What can we do from the brand? You know, is, is this the right time to do Sonic? Is this the right time to focus on this aspect of the architecture? And what do we need to deliver right now? So that way we can, we can really make something that that lasts, you know, and that people can believe in. And I will say, you know, to what Janine was talking about earlier is this, the success and seeing, seeing people just adopt and, and grab onto the brand. It's something that we see just in meetings with the people of Quite El Ortho, you know, they, they show up wearing their purple and, and chartreuse and excuse me, violet and chartreuse. And, uh, they, they are always, uh, representing with their their Zoom backgrounds, and so we just we just see it, and having those ambassadors really shout out and live the brand that is everything. Thank you. Anything to add in conclusion? I'll leave the last word to you, Janine. Anything to emphasize? Anything we missed? Well, I have to say it's been an incredible partnership for me too. Um, working with the team at Siegel and Gale, there's so many things we didn't even talk about. We're still working on naming and having them help us name products and functional areas of our company. There's just, uh, it, it's been beyond my wildest dreams, probably the most rewarding experience I've ever had as a designer at the core of, of my skills. And, but to be able to work with a team has been fantastic. And I uh, love the fact that we still have more work to do and we get to continue this journey for quite some time. Well, congratulations to everyone involved. And as I listen to you intently in this conversation, it's very clear that the Quidel Ortho story is an outstanding example of a new brand that is far more than the sum of its two prominent legacies. My synthesis of the takeaways, don't be afraid to be unique and infuse joy to have impact. Recognize that every aspect of the brand matters to create a connected experience. Take a systems approach to build in the flexibility and extensibility. And finally, 
create an ethos of collaboration between the agency team and the client to handle the inevitable challenges and a dynamic process. Thank you all. Thank you to our audience. Thank you once again, Janine and all the team at Quidel Ortho. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Carolyn and your colleagues. All that remains for me is to wish you all the best. I'm Margaret Malloy signing off for Siegel and Gale. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our work and read our thought leadership on SiegelGale.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. While you're at it, leave us a review. See you next time.